0: welcome to sexology a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure and now with this week's episode your host clinical psychologist dr Nazanin moali hello and welcome to another episode of sexology podcast i'm your host dr Nazanine moali i hope you guys had a fantastic valentine's day I know that if we are in a relationship, coming up with the new ideas tend to be challenging. So I created this free checklist of nine of the best foreplay ideas that you can incorporate in your sexual routine with your partner that will spice things up. I included some recommendation about couples, toys, things that you can do. And I personally have tried every single one of them and they're really, really fun. So make sure you are checking out our checklist. So today we're going to talk about fingering. Our guest is Sierra Daszak. Sierra is a sex educator and owner of Early to Bed. In addition to running a retail store and websites, she lectures to community groups and colleges around the state on topics relating to masturbation, sex toys, and positive sexuality. In this episode, we're covering how should we start the process of kind of like starting things up if you wanna finger your partner. We're gonna talk about various hand movements, strokes. We're gonna talk about positions. We're gonna talk about finding your lover's clit and how you can make sure that your hands is not getting tired. Anyhow, without further ado, here's my conversation with Sarah Daszak. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. It's my honor to welcome back Sarah Dysack Sarah, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. We love the conversation we had about solo play for Volvo owners. And now we're focusing if we are doing things with our lovers. So if our lover want to explore our vulva's or if you want to kind of like do mutual exploration. This is the episode for that. So if if you want to explore that, kind of like touching our our partners vulva as a main act, how should we start when we wanna we want to do a kind of built environment? Well,
1: you know, I think that a, a great way to start is with some full body exploration. I think that you know, hello, going from hello to touching someone's vulva right away is is maybe a little abrupt under most circumstances. And also I am such a fan of building anticipation. I talk about this a lot, but like make it so that by the time you're actually touching somebody's vulva, they're like really eager for it. They're really wanting it. So I think full body touching either like some silicone lube on your fingers, which can slide apart any part of your body or some massage oil. That's also vulva safe. is a great way to kind of, relax people get touched and tuned into what's going on and then i think as you move towards wanting to touch the actual genitals inner thighs but you know your buttocks you know all these places that are kind of around the vulva but aren't the vulva i think is delightful to touch and using light touch using long strokes you know, obviously you want to check in with your partner and see what they like and what's working for them. But I think that slowing things down is something we don't do enough when it comes to sex. And I think that this is a great opportunity to kind of set the mood, slow it down, touch all those delicious parts of the body before you like go for the good stuff. I mean, it's all I good love stuff. That. But. <laughs>
0: Well, delicious and more delicious. Yes, (laughs) so I think one of the misunderstanding that people at times have is that I know for some of or many of my clients that are penis owners, they, they like, they love their penis getting touched. And if you're touching it from the beginning, that's, that's not an issue at all. At times it's encouraged, but it's my experience for vulva owners that they, they like the other parts to get explored first even if that is something that that your partner is interested in. I love that you're talking about start exploring, massaging different parts, and it could be even teasing, could be part of it. So I think it's important to build anticipation and excitement before moving into exploring the genitals.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that we don't, you know, part of it is physiology. I think part of it's also just the way that we're socialized to think about sex and about who likes to be touched in what way. And I think that you're also talking about, you know, population of people, vulva owners who often don't have a lot of experience touching their whole vulva. And so I think there's not the same idea About it as there are with penises, which are kind of hanging out there ready to be touched at any (laughs) time. And I think that it is also good just to for everybody, you know, regardless of your body, to remember that there's so much more to us than our genitals and that all parts of our bodies can feel really good to be touched. Not all parts, lots of parts of our bodies can feel really good to be touched, and different types of touch can be stimulating in ways you never even anticipate. You know, sometimes who knew the inside of your arm was so erotic? You know, you don't know until someone tries or until you try. So I think it's good for all of us to remember that our skin is everywhere.
0: Absolutely, and you were talking about maybe not all, but I bet that like in a whole population of world, if you're surveying every single inch, is erotically charged for someone, <laughs> right? Oh yes, Guaranteed. people are interested in so many different things, and but there are areas that are more popularized or people, more people are interested in, and uh, some people think about okay, so clitoris is very exciting and hot. Let's just go for it. For most people, they think like if if you're touching someone clits. Like too soon, that can be a huge turnoff. So I love, love that you're talking about exploring different parts of body and will, building excitement. So I think that's really important. So tell us, so if if we are slowing down, so, so uh, how long do you recommend people exploring different parts of the body? The reason I say that, and I know me and you, we know that how uh, clit is is like like male anatomy. It requires arousal, blood flow in order to be at the optimal place for touch, and sometimes people. Think that that's that's not the case, and they kind of like too quickly transition to that, and the body is not ready. So, what are like how long do you recommend on average people to explore other parts of the body?
1: Well, that that's a hard question, but definitely. So, and I think it's really interesting to just have to go back to the arousal thing real quick because we can see a penis that's erect, Mm -hmm. right? And unless you're really getting in there on the vulva, you're not going to see that the clitoris is erect. And so, I think that, and some people don't even know that that's a physiological thing that happens I mean I didn't learn that in school you know like no one taught me that and so I think that just knowing that that's part of what's happening and part of what's gonna make things better I think is, is a really good place to start you know I obviously we all have different time frames for what we have put aside for sex but I would say like at least a 10 to 15 minute warm-up time for most people is gonna be really helpful unless you're kind of like something happened and you guys are both coming at this from like already up in a rouse. you saw a really hot movie together you been flirting all night, whatever it is. But I think if you're kind of starting from scratch, at least 10 to 15 minutes is a great opportunity to kind of really get the juices flowing, so to speak, get arousal started. And also, you know, communication is really important. Check in with your partner, make sure that when the time comes to touch their body, that they're ready for it, or they're looking for it. And if you are ready for someone to touch your body, you can tell them that it's a an okay and good thing to say, Please touch me now. Please touch me here. You know, like I'm ready or whatever. And I think that we have to get more comfortable being verbal and being communicative during sex in order to have the best sex that we possibly can.
0: Absolutely. And again you can even use your body language. The more direct you are of course, the better it is. I know some so many people are shy about these things. And you can gently move the hand of your lover that kind of like guide them down there. And even at, at times I guess more ninja skill is <laughs> to show them what you like. But I know for so many people that feels like more too advanced and too vulnerable so now if you're ready to move to touching our lovers vulva are we starting from over the clothing or under the clothing
1: oh if your clothes are still on it's really <laughs> hot i think to start over the clothing i think kind of just cupping the area with your whole hand providing some sort of light pressure and then maybe like using the palm of your hands. I think fingers are great because they're very sensitive and you can feel a lot what's going on. But I think we underestimate what the rest of our hand does because it can provide more broad pleasure. It can provide sort of like this warm hug, for lack of a better word. Hugging the vulva with your hand can just feel really nice and moving around in little tiny circles with, you know, clothes on or clothes off. I also think for some people, especially if you're down to your underwear, the act of like having to move your underwear aside to have mm-hmm. access, that's just that little bit of, of action can be really arousing. Like moving it the underwear over a little to kind of like stroke the inside thigh or something that is like, oh, I'm going to go in under your underwear, but then just, you don't quite do it. You kind of just tease a little bit. I think that too can really like send shivers down somebody's spine or get them excited. So I think that there's there's no reason not to start outside of the clothes. And then once the clothes are off, I think, again, don't just dive right in again, use your full hand, use, you know, make sure that you have either lube on your hands or something that is going to be nice and slippery so that when you're touching your partner's body, you're not dragging and creating too much of friction. That to me, I think is really important. I think a a lot of people find that they don't, they will say like, Oh, I don't like, you know, hand touch because it's uncomfortable when they've never just had smooth gliding hand touch.
0: Absolutely. And I love this emphasis on loop because there's just so many, so many stigmas around that. Like if you're aroused, you must be dripping, all of that BS. That is like just BS. I think everyone can benefit from adding more loop. I think that's unless your lover is saying, I have enough then I think like you want to have more, which is good. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, there's so, almost
1: nothing move can't solve. Yeah, no, I think it's like the, the, it's the best addition to any sex. Yes,
0: yeah, so and you can go longer, explore different things. And it's just a different sensation at times that kind of add excitement to the partner play. Well, if we are, so we're exploring other parts of the body, like other parts of the genital, and then we want to eventually kind of like slowly move to our clit. What are some of the strokes that you, you feel it like it's helpful for building excitation and building <laughs> arousal, like when we're touching the clit?
1: Well, I think, you know, when you're touching the clitoris, it's good to think about it again when you're not just want to go right to the exposed glands right away, the hood on the clitoris. Is there, you know, to kind of protect the person from too much stimulation? If the clits aroused, the hood might be pulled back a little bit. But I think that starting on the sides, there's kind of a three finger technique where you would have, you know, one finger brushing the on either side of the clitoris, where the top finger is maybe a, like a lighter sensation, just kind of maybe on the clitoral hood or maybe right above the clitoris. So like the part that you're seeing, putting a little pressure right at the top can feel really good. You know, everybody's body's different. Some people like it on one side rather than the other side. Some people like pressure that comes right from the top. Some people like pressure that comes from the side. So if you're not in a place where you're really verbalizing, your partner's not able to really verbalize, hopefully there'll be some you know, like auditory clues, like, Ooh, that feels good. or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, or But, or like, ah, you know, ouch, it's a really good one to look out for, <laughs> but also ask your partner, you know, does this feel good? Does, does this feel better? You know, sort of check in with them. But I, I think that listening to non, you can't really listen to nonverbal cues, but paying attention to nonverbal cues checking in with your partner, watching their face, watching their body, I think will give you a good sense too of if something's good or something's not. And if you're the person whose body it is, use your body. If you're not able to use your, you know, you're not, you don't feel comfortable verbalizing, you know, find ways to make sure you can lean into touch. You can pull away from touch and that will help your partner.
0: So helpful. And at times I have female clients in my election, uh, Volvo owners in my practice that they are, telling me that, you know, I wish like all night, I was thinking, I wish he was like touching this other part. And we're kind of like magically want to communicate that with them without talking or kind of like being kind of like direct about it. I think it's just so helpful if we build that language or build some kind of like communicating what feels good with, with our lover, because they feel like it's, it's a dance. And this is so, like, our bodies are very different. And even if your partner have like so many different lovers and they're great lovers, your body is different. And so that's, that's helpful to communicate with them. Should we build up the speed? Is that something we're doing when we're exploring Volvo? Like if, if our partner is building to climax?
1: For most people, yeah. Eventually you're going to want to build that speed. And so I think pacing is really important, both for in the sense that you want to pay attention to what pace your partner is looking for, but also if you're the person who is providing the stimulation, you don't want to like, you don't want to have to give up at the right moment. And so I think, pacing your, your body's in what your body's doing. So if you're using your hands, you want to make sure you're not going to get a cramp in your wrist or injure yourself in any way, if you have to go for a long time. So switching up, you know, being able to use both hands, I think is really helpful and switching up the way that you're in position or holding. And then I think, you know, again, like listening to your partner. And then for most, most people who have a clitoris, I think that they're going to find that the actual time of you know, orgasm is going to be when the action gets faster. So you are going to be speeding up. You are going to be going faster. But, you know, it's a spectrum and there's going to be people who want like hard and fast. and There's going to be people who want it to be you know, soft and fast or soft and slow or whatever it is. But in general, yeah, you're going to probably move your pace up. But sometimes you might start that and your partner might want you to slow down. So you could just, again, check in with them or, or be verbal in what you want or don't want. But, you know, the sort of typical crescendo would be warming up, speeding up, hitting that mark and then... Whew, Covering. And I do want to say, like, I don't know if we're there yet in the conversation, but when, when after someone's had an orgasm, I think a really nice thing to do is to not just like pull your hand away, even unless they like bat your hand away because they want, you know, they're done. But I think going back to where you started, you know, like if someone has an orgasm, then going back to cupping their vulva, hugging their vulva with your hand, I think is a really nice way to kind of help somebody sort of ride out their orgasm to kind of prolong the warmth, the sensation. The, the great feeling that has. And so that you kind of are, it's like aftercare, taking care of them through uh, the end of the orgasm and settling into the post-coital glow.
0: Oh, I love that. I didn't even think about it. But it warmed my heart as we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> helping with the landing. And one thing at times I tell my clients that unless like if you are a giver, unless your partner like shows you some signal that they are, they are done, like if you can, don't uh, stop it. Because like I have so many conversations with couples that they, the, uh, the giver assumed that the partner were done. <laughs> They're not done. And that's just not a good feeling. Well, especially
1: because, you know, there are lots of people who have vaginas and vulvas who can keep going and they could have multiple orgasms or you can have a little orgasm and then you're kind of looking for the uh, second one that's a little bit bigger, you know, whatever. And yeah, you're right. It's It's just, it's not always one and done and it's not always over when you think it's over. And that's why too, I think that like keeping your body in the position where you, you can keep going is is really important. And also to realize the minute you start hearing things like yes, 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 or that's it, that's it. Don't stop what you're doing, whatever you do, unless there's a fire, keep going until you can kind of tell you've, you know, gone to the other side. Amen, sir. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> many great tips. And I I actually appreciate it brought up that after. Aftercare, after the kind of climax experience, because I feel that's the time that many people go wrong. Like you, you like you work so hard to helping you and your partner have this experience. And the moment the climax, I have people like leaving or kind of like a couple minutes, uh, kind of like sitting there awkward and leaving. But you want to, <laughs> if, if you put a work, if you guys have this experience, it's good to spend time with your partner a little bit before leaving, unless that is something that clearly communicated between
1: you right. or you have to get to you know your reservation for dinner or something but yeah I think that but yeah, I, just, I just think it's something we don't think about a lot for anybody you know regardless of what the sex activity you're doing is I think that hanging out I think of it as hanging out like hang out in that area for a little while and sometimes maybe things will start over again and sometimes maybe you're just having a nice little you know hangout time. But I think that that's a good way to kind of sort of deepen the connection and also just make the sex more heartwarming and cuddly and fun.
0: I think the other thing that's really important that I hear from my clients that that's where some people go wrong is they start touching places that was not necessarily clearly communicated. I was okay. They think, okay, Mm -hmm. I like someone kind of like touching my butt during a kind of hand stimulation. And my partner would love that. And that could be a turnoff for people or like touching areas that they're not into. So if you are wanting to do something new, then make sure you, and it goes with all behaviors, that like you make sure you have a consent is something that your partner is into it or build up slowly to it and have kind of like look for your partner's cue. So if you want to add some toys, I know we talked about some toys in the previous conversation. What are some of the toys that can Add excitement, but they're they're not the main event.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. So if you're ta- especially if you're talking about using hands, I think there's definitely you know there are vibrators that can be used on your fingertips that you can kind of integrate into whatever you're doing with your hands already. There are some vibrators too that this is what I really love is there's one that or a couple that you can sort of fit in between your fingers so that your fingers kind of vibrate, but you're not putting the vibrator against them. You can, but the idea is that you can use your fingers and then they just have a little bit more sensation. But this is also an opportunity again to explore things like, lubricants to explore massage oils um to explore sensation toys too you might find that like a feather could be a really mm. interesting tickling kind of warm up toy or some other kind of sensation toy so there's kind of a lot of options you know my go to is always vibrators but i understand that's not everybody's you know thing that they love we're also it's interesting we're seeing more toys now that are designed for external like vulval stimulation but that are not vibrators like there's these just like these cool little like they're basically stimulators that are little pads that feel good rubbed on the body so it's a different sensation but it's not like a whole vibrator sensation so those can also be really fun so tons of options that every day there's a new option that you can find somewhere so I love it's, it's that. Endless.
0: That's wonderful. And even a te- little bit of light temperature. play. We don't want to do yes. something like extremely like, you know, like hot or cold without your consent. Maybe you can change temperature of your hand with a little bit of like ice or it could be kind of like a, a warm lube. All of that can add additional sensation. Sarah, I love this conversation and I love all the expertise you brought up, brought into our sessions and conversations together. So if our listeners are interested to learn more about you, what are some of the places that they can get a hold of you?
1: Well, our website is early to bed, which is early the number two and then beds.com. And that's where you're going to find all of our toys and accessories, as well as lots of great information about sex. We have lots of articles about sex toys, but also just about some sex techniques. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is really cute and has a lot of good info on it. And then of course, you can, we have a store in front in Chicago and you can come visit in person or you can always call our staff and we are really, our email, we're really, we're there to help people find things to make their lives have better sex. And so we're really happy to walk people through our collection, answer questions and do everything we can to help everybody just be having amazing orgasms. So
0: <laughs> wonderful. Like you making the world a better place. <laughs> Trying. Thank One you. orgasm at a time. <laughs> One orgasm at a time. Or oh, three at you. a time. <laughs> yes. Yes. The more the merrier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you for having me
0: i hope you guys enjoyed our conversation and if you heard me mention that thank you for coming back to our show uh, you haven't missed the previous conversation i had with sarah few months ago i recorded a conversation with sarah on how to masturbate and it was so awesome that i had to have sarah back but i rearranged the order of the episodes, so we release this second section later on that's why i said welcome back to sexology podcast Uh, this week we we're gonna announce the winners for our 50th anniversary we're giving away more than 300 dollars worth of sex tech we're going to announce the winner on our instagram live so make sure you're following us and if you have entered for the giveaway hopefully you'll win and if you get a chance i would really really appreciate it if you leave us an honest review in apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the show it helps us to increase our visibility and i would be so appreciative for your love all right i'll talk to you guys next week